0: This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in.
1: Have you um, discovered that in life some things work in theory but not necessarily in reality? Hey, have you discovered that? In theory it should work, but in reality it doesn't. I've got some pictures for you. Just, just look at this next one. Now that should work. I'm, I'm glad at least he gave the elderly lady the actual life jacket but if you strung together some pop bottles around your waist it should work in theory but in practicality maybe not so much uh this next one um that might work but it is dangerous don't you think power pole power pole uh bare feet um i don't know in theory it might work but i'm not so sure that's a good practice What the next one here Why are you laughing? (laughs) In theory, it should work, but it's not a good practice. Here's another one. I don't know if you can see that one, but... In theory, that could work. Jonathan, do you think that would work in theory? Yeah, in theory. Maybe not so much in reality. Next one. (laughs) It's hard to even say anything about it. It could work. Probably not the best thing to do. How about the next one here? He should be safe, in theory. But not something you'd probably want to try and do. Next one here. That could work. Kenny yesterday helped me move the dishwasher, and we used his truck, fortunately. We didn't have to use the car and do like that. But, you know, that could work, but not probably the best thing to do. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe in theory. but probably not the best thing to do. Oh, by the way, just in case you were wondering, all the pictures you've just seen were of men. (laughs) What does that say? (laughs) All men. Now, in the Bible, God teaches us, and he explains to us, in theory, how life should be lived. He tells us that... um, This is the theory. In fact, Jesus says very specifically, this is the theory of the Old Testament, all summed up in just one sentence. Jesus replied when asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? There's over 600 commands in the Old Testament. And Jesus replied, the greatest is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says that all the Old Testament, prophets and law, can all be summed up in one, in in just those two commands. He says all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. In other words, he says everything you need to know about the Old Testament is summed up in one sentence. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's really not hard to understand, is it? People say, oh, I don't understand the Bible. don't understand the Old Testament. It's really not that hard, is it? Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. How how, how much more simple can it get? So during the month of February, we're talking about the power of love. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, love in the home, love in the church, uh, love in the world. It's the fundamental command in the Bible. Uh, both Old and New Testament. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love your neighbor, love one another as I have loved you. And yet we struggle with it, don't we? We have songs about love, we have poems about love, there are books written about love, there are sermons preached about love. We give gifts for love's sake, and we promise our love to people forever and ever. And yet division, anger, anger, unforgiveness they're rampant and that's just in the church never mind the world sadly even in the church we struggle with a theory of how the bible works how christianity works how it works to be a follower of god we struggle with that and never mind asking the world to do what often we can't do in our church. The problem comes in putting theory into practice. Always does. Almost always. Every profession you go to, you've got to go to school, you've got to learn some theory. Most people will say, well, the guys in school, the guys who are teaching, don't know anything about the real world and how, what it's really like on the front line. You've all said that at some point in time. We've all said it. But um, this is not difficult to understand. The theory of Scripture is not difficult to understand. The theory of God's love is not difficult to understand. The problem comes with our inability to carry out in practice. And so we start asking questions about what it means. So right after, right after Jesus announces the two greatest commands in all all the Old Testament, right after, the, the teacher of the law, the teacher of scriptures has a question. And his question is, well, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Right away, right at the outset, Jesus just explained, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty simple, isn't it? And so, of course, the guy says, well, who's my neighbor? And so Jesus tells the story, and I'm not going to read it. You know it. You've heard it if you've been in church for any length of time. The story of the Good Samaritan. A man going to another city gets beat up along the way. He's left for dead. Two of his own people walk by, and they do nothing to help him. And then finally, a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans did not like one another. They hated one another. They would avoid one another. A Jewish prayer every day, an Orthodox Jew would pray, thank you, God, that I was not born a Samaritan. Great prayer, amen? They hated one another. But in the story that Jesus tells, Jesus makes the hero a Samaritan. It's the Samaritan that stops and helps the Jewish man. He binds up his wounds. He puts them on his camel or donkey or whatever it is. Takes him into the city. Leaves money and says, whatever he needs, you just charge it to my account. I'll pay it when I come back. And he says, who's the neighbor? And it's a simple story. We all get it. The guy who's the enemy is actually the neighbor. Pretty simple, isn't it? Who's the neighbor in your life? When God said, for God so loved the world, it's not that difficult, is it? Have you ever been asked the difference between eggs? Have you ever been asked, what's the difference between a brown egg and a white egg? Farmers, tell me. They taste the same. They have the same nutritional value. There's a genetic difference, but the egg itself is no difference. No difference. Why is it we understand it in regards to eggs, but we don't understand it in regards to people? Why? We laugh at the silliness of thinking, my wife, I'm asking my wife today, and she tells me that, Some people won't buy brown eggs. They don't think they're good. And other people love brown eggs because they think they're organic. (laughs) And the same silliness applies when it comes to people. We look at people. For God so loved the world. The world. What's the difference? In all these people, what's the difference? There's skin color, but we're all the same inside. We're people, children of God, part of the world that God loves. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. We get it in regards to eggs, but we struggle in regards to people. I don't know if you were paying attention today before church, but we play a song on the screen here. I'm no longer a slave of sin. I am a child of God. And if you happen to notice that that song was being sung in a prison. All those men had jumpsuits on, inmate on the back. They were all prisoners. They had all committed crimes. They had all done some of the worst things you can imagine. And yet they had found Christ. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. Some of us would look down upon them. But inside, they're no different than you and I. Um, I just finished reading a book last night, actually. Stayed up late. It was probably midnight by the time I finished, but I had to read it. It It's called Starlight Tour. The Last Lonely Night of Neil Stonechild. 17 year old boy who in 1990 was picked up by police in saskatoon and driven out to the edge of the city where they wanted him or forced him to walk back he never made it they found him several days later frozen in a field so frozen that they had to like pry him up from the ground his face was literally frozen to the ground Um, How is it in a world like ours? I mean, I've lived in Saskatoon. How is it that a place like Saskatoon, and I'm I'm not trying to, you know, ignore us, but in a place like Saskatoon, at least four people, four Aboriginal people could be left outside to freeze to death by the police? Does that make any sense to you? And how is it that hundreds of women, aboriginal women, are missing or murdered? And yet, largely amongst our white churches, we do nothing about it. Don't even think about it. Don't even talk about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Every person, regardless of color, regardless of ethnicity, of background, every person is valued and precious. And if God loves them, we're to love them too. Who's my neighbor? Look around you. We're all neighbors, according to God. The second question we often ask, is well, what if my brother mistreats me or sins against me or does things I don't like? <laughs> you remember that question? How often do I have to forgive this guy? Seven times? He was being gracious. And you can put it up there. Jesus says, No, not seven times, but seventy seven times seven. In other words, he says, there's no limit. I'm not talking about the people who are nice to us and the people who treat us kindly. The question is, what do I do about the person who does me wrong? What do I do to him? You keep loving him, and you keep forgiving him. The theory is simple, isn't it? It gets a little hard in practice when somebody abuses you or hurts you or does something mean to you it's so easy to get righteous and get even but the theory is we're supposed to love in fact jesus even said go so far as to love your enemies Uh, yeah the theory is there but it's hard to do it in practice it's really hard to do it in practice jesus said in his first sermon sermon on the mount I've, I've, it's in your notes but uh, you've heard it said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but I tell you do not resist an evil person if anyone slaps you on the right cheek turn to them the other cheek also and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt hand over your coat as well if anyone forces you to go one mile go with them two miles give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you listen I've heard sermons on why that doesn't apply today I've heard sermons why that does not apply today. What do you think Jesus would say to the guy who says that does not apply? Oh, we're so good at preaching, you know, that not one jot or tittle will pass away. My word stands forever. Oh, we're so good about preaching from the Old Testament, how you can't sin like this and you can't sin like that. and God says it. Where is it when it says not one jot or tittle will pass away when the scripture says... Turn to the one who's hurt you, give him the other cheek to hit as well. If he wants your shirt, give him your jacket too. That doesn't apply today. That's not true. That does apply. It still applies. It's still God's Word, and it doesn't return void. So, question number three What if I just can't love them, Pastor? What if I just can't do it? I've, I've had, I just can't do it. I've, I've talked to people about this, talked about various ones, and, and they've literally said, I just can't love people like that, Pastor. Well, this is what the New Testament writers had to say. This is what John, the Apostle John, wrote after many years, uh, Jesus' resurrection death. He writes this, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For Whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. God said, or scripture says that if we don't love somebody and call ourselves Christians, we're liars. We're liars. Pretty strong language, isn't it? No one can call themselves Christians if they don't have love. Uh, some of the best known words in the Bible, 1 John chapter, or pardon me, First Corinthians chapter 13, 1 to 3. If I speak in tongues of men of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I, may, uh, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Notice it? Without love, I'm nothing but a big noise. Just a big loud noise. Without love, I am nothing. Nothing. And without love, I gain nothing. And all the stuff I do for God, if I don't have love, I am nothing, I gain nothing, and I'm just making a big noise. Strong language. So, that's the theory. Next week we're going to talk about putting it into practice. How do we do it? Um, how many here have ever taken music lessons of any kind. Just stick your hand up nice and high. Be proud. Be proud. That means you have taken some music theory. You have, yeah, next slide. Give us that next one here. You understand a little bit about music theory. Whether you've continued on or not, you've taken some music theory. Let me just tell you, music theory, as much as you may hate it, At certain stages in life it works every song you hear adheres somewhat to music theory joke is you know every what is it eight notes we have and and the joke was years ago look what Elvis did with just three of the notes I I don't know about that but (laughs) the music theory works we're talking about God's theory of loving everyone loving god with all our heart loving every person as our neighbor as we love ourselves and it works it works so much so that jesus said by this people will know you're my disciples this is the one determining characteristic that people will look at you and say that's a christian that's a follower of jesus christ if they have loved one for another That will let me know, let them know that that's a follower of Jesus Christ. That's pretty good. It's not a denomination. It's not the doctrine as important as that is. The one thing, according to Jesus, that will tell us, tell people about us, is whether or not we have love. But you know, we sometimes get it wrong. The theory is good, but the practice, we fall short on. Even pastors. Um, we know the theory, we preach the theory, but sometimes in reality, we, we don't do it. Um, the next video I want you to watch is a pastor. His name is Jim Cimbala. He's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Um, you may have heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. They've won Grammy Awards, incredible music. Um, church started with about six people. It's now got several thousand people. Uh, well known as pastor speaks across the nation. Uh, he speaks around the world uh, to church conferences and everything. Uh, big emphasis on prayer. I want you to watch this uh, video. This is him telling a story about himself. Just, just watch this.
0: I had a crisis event happen to me in our previous facility on an Easter Sunday when I preached for the third time that day, was bone tired, bone tired. Poured out myself, the singers, choir had done a a cantata and people had come to Christ and I prayed and I got through with the meeting. The other building had had a, a platform with no steps so it was my habit to just sit like this and let my feet dangle down on the edge of the platform. And I was like, right, it's just about the same angle with the middle aisle. And I'm just saying, so tired. I remember taking my knot on my tie and loosening it and saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm just gonna chill. And Carol was playing just like Jamal's playing now, exactly, people praying, workers, deacons helping. And I was tired, I wanna go home, I hadn't eaten all day. And then I look and around the one, two, three, four, fifth row, there's a guy in the aisle around level with the fifth row. He had a cap, filthy cap, but he had it in his hand. And he was staring at me and looking at me, and I could tell by his eyes, like he wanted to know, could he come up here and talk to me? And I just looked at him a little closer. Man, the guy was disheveled, filthy looking, matted hair, a mess. He looked in his 50s, he he actually was 31. And I just looked at him. And I thought, because Everton, Tulia, they remember back in that building there a lot of people panhandling in the church. They would come in and ask for money. And we had procedures of what to do when people ask for money. So we don't want to build their habit and hand them money. They'll just go out and drink it. And I thought to myself, what a bummer. Because I'm going to have to give money. I'm not even going to go through the procedures. I'm going to just give this guy some money. I had no wallet then. I had a Money clip. So I waved him up and he came. So I'm here. He got to about five, six feet away from me. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. Smell? No, a smell? You think you smell something? I'll match that smell with anything you've ever smelled in your life. A mixture of feces, urine, sweat, street and alcohol. Stir gently and let it cook for a while. And that's what I smell. Nasty. I looked away to, to inhale and I started questioning, what's your name, David? Okay, I'm a minister. Let me go through at least the procedures here. So, uh, man, you look bad. I didn't know he was laying in his own urine right outside the side door on park place uh, in that building and he heard the music and it drew him in he was just sprawled laying out there so he's there oh lord where'd you sleep last night deserted truck how come you're not in a shelter too dangerous almost got killed last one I was in okay man this guy smells bad missing one or two teeth at least one right in the front let let me give him five dollars something not the way I wanted to end the day but you know what can you do took out the money I remember handing it pushed it down, said I don't want your money, I want this Jesus you are talking about. And at that moment I forgot all about David, because I knew who was really in need of prayer, it was Jim Cimbala, it wasn't David so I forgot them I lifted my hands like I'm going to ask you to do in a moment and I just said God please forgive me what have I become what kind of cheap two bit preacher have I become you sent somebody who's searching for you and I want to give them a few dollars and get rid of them please help me And God, that moment, baptized me with a love, with something, with grace. He saw how pitiful I was. And David knew it. And he drew close to me. And I started to cry. And he started to cry. And then he fell against me. And he put his head over here. And I put my arms around him. And he put his arms around me, and for a while we just rocked back and forth. A preacher in need of God, a guy from the street in need of God. I'm not sure who was needy or might have been me. You know what God spoke to me that moment? And this is not trendy at all. Those of you who want to go to like church growth institutes, this is not what this church is about. God spoke to me and said you see that smell? If you don't love that smell I can never use you because the whole world smells that way to me. All the stinking filthy sin of mankind I sent my son to die for that smell. So you're either going to embrace it and love people in my name, or I can't use you, I'll put you on the shelf. And if God is my witness, you can believe it or not, suddenly that smell became like the most beautiful lady's perfume you ever smelled in your life. It was just me. He was weeping, I was weeping, I led him to Christ. We prayed, we detoxed him for four or five days, hired him on church, Staff, housekeeping. He spent Thanksgiving and Christmas at my house that year. My buddy got his teeth fixed. Handsome guy. For that Christmas, all he had, he gave me a handkerchief. He wrapped it up in wrapping paper, gave me a white handkerchief. I kept it for years. It meant more to me than anything anyone could give me. You could have bought me a car. I would have said, keep your car. Give me that handkerchief. And what broke him and what broke me is God's love. Brothers and sisters, let's walk in love this year. Let's think about other people. Let's love other people. If they're different than us, think different than us, look different than us, smell different than us. I didn't grow up around that smell. I was blessed, fortunate, middle class, Polish, Ukrainian, middle class home. I went that that's not that wasn't my world. But it's God's world. And he wants to use all of us.
1: It's hard living it out. Sometimes we don't get it. Sometimes we miss it, but it's still real, and it works. By this, all men will know you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Prakash is going to come and lead us, and we're going to sing the last song that we sang just earlier, Fill Me Now. And uh, fill me with your spirit, fill me with your love, fill me with your compassion. Let this be your prayer. Not just a song. Let it be your prayer. God, fill me because I can't do this on my own. I need your love. And let's make it our prayer. Uh, as we sing it, we have prayer team people. They're going to come just around the front. Who's ever available today, just come and make yourself available. And if you'd like prayer, if you'd like somebody just to agree with you in prayer for anything, whenever it is, uh, they would love to pray with you. Um, we want to let everybody know that you are loved by God. God has a plan for you, a purpose for you. And um, we love you, and um, we want you to know how much God loves you. So if you feel like you want prayer today, feel free to come, and somebody will pray with you. But why don't you stand and sing this song, Make It Your Prayer, Fill Me Now.